Hi, Craig. Don't break Hi. down. Okay, I'm, so- I'm the one who's broken down for the last two weeks. Well, uh, well, I'm going to do my favorite part of a bad game club episode for me. Uninstall. <laughs> oh, nice. Yeah. You and I, I don't, lo- I mean, we'll get into this during the episode proper, but since you just said uninstall, I didn't like love Far Cry, but I liked it. And I, I think my I problem is it. I don't care for stealth games. And in the very beginning, you have to play very stealthy. Yeah. Or or more stealthy than I want to play. And you're I, squishy and you have one gun with you know, hardly any bullets. Uh towards the end of my gameplay, I started to get to the point where I was over the hump, but it was still just annoying. And if a game been, feels like that much of a chore to me, I just don't want to play it. Yeah, no, that's fair. I mean, games are usually meant to be fun or at least engaging in some way. And if you're not getting that, then no need to continue to subject yourself hey, to hey, it. I tried. I, I really tried. I think 10 years ago, me would not have liked this game for all of the reasons that I kind of like it now. Because, um, I mean, I, I also used to really hate stealth gameplay, but I kind of like it now. Um, and so the fact that you it funnels you to a stealth play style at the beginning didn't bother me. I, and I kind of enjoyed the stealthy mechanics of it. How far? Well, we're getting into game club talk. I'll say I, I didn't get game very game. far. Okay. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't complete the story. I completed the first half of the story. Oh, where um, the good uh, antagonist dies. Yeah, and then you unlock like the second island and the other antagonist, which like briefly showed up at the beginning of the game, but like you wouldn't know that playing it the first time. But like Unless he, he you walks by, knew, right? Yeah, but yeah, so. Have I don't have how much have you dealt with like nerve related issues and with your with your leg or with any other stuff that you've dealt with? Uh, about a decade now. Well, okay. So do you? I'm maybe you have better ways to put this to words, but like in my arm, where that's like healing back up. Oh, the like the tingling and uh, burning sensation. Yeah, it was like really cold for a couple of days in a way that was really hard to because it, it, it like every time I tried to explain it, it was like it sounds like I'm high because I'm like, yeah, man, under my like skin, it feels cold. But when you touch my skin, it just feels normal. But well, it's cold. And now well, it's part warm. of it is well, part it of it is uh, the nerves, you know, doing their thing, but also the body getting used to the new information coming from it. Yeah. Uh, so it hasn't quite parsed out, you know, what the fuck is going on with your arm. Yeah. Up so, until yesterday, it was cold. Or up until today, I guess it's been cold. And today it's been warm. Mm-hmm. And if I stretch my arm, it tingles in my elbow. But like I, I can like I can actually feel when I touch my arm now, but it's like that pins and ne- needles tingly feeling like when your arm falls asleep. I mean, that's good. That means it's getting better. Like, yeah. my body's doing what it's supposed to do, but it still feels very strange. Well, well, part of the problem with my leg is that uh, a lot of the nerves were cu- essentially just cut whenever they were uh, removing it, uh, tissue. Yeah. So I actually lost a lot of feeling in my left foot. But uh, what was there, uh, a good way to try to describe it is whenever I put weight on my foot for the first time, time afterwards 
for quite a while, it felt like I was stepping on a hot coal on, on just this one spot on my heel. Oh, that's interesting. I, I leaned forward on the table while we were eating dinner tonight on my mm. arm. And like, I've been doing it like just every day, you know, like yeah. that's what I do. Like yeah. eating, yeah. lean forward, whatever. Yeah. I got to yeah. get that angle so you can shovel the food in. Absolutely. Got to shovel the food in. And you know, whenever my arm feels normal, like it doesn't bother me and it's felt a little weird with no feeling, but it's not been an issue. And I did it today and it was painful. And I was like, Oh, that's not good. But then I was like, well, actually that probably is good. Cause that means the nerves are working again and they're just sending some weird signals. Yeah, but. and now I'm now I'm just imagining. Uh, well, I'm not sure if the Simpsons still do it, but yeah, where everybody was just scarfing down uh, at dinner. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, in the early seasons, that every night at your house. <laughs> Dinners at my house are. Yeah, you, know, you 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 sit around too long and you get a bite taken out of you. <laughs> yeah, dinners at my house are always. I don't I don't know if this is weird or not, or if this is normal, but like I would say that Katie eats like a normal person. I'm a very fast eater. So like, I don't talk usually, uh-huh. but within like five to 10 minutes, I'm done with anything that we're eating. Like I eat, I eat pretty quickly. Um, and then King is so slow. <laughs> a matter of fact, you're still working on breakfast. Yeah. Even if it's food that he likes, it still will take him 30 or 40 minutes to eat. And I mean, usually like I'll, I will eat and then be done and then Katie will finish and, you know, we'll just like sit there and talk until either King is also done or, you know, we have to go do stuff, but it's just, I don't know. I've always found that interesting because like most people that I know, everyone eats at around the same pace. Like either they're Mm -hmm. all fast or they're all slow, like other families that I know or friends that I have. And it's like, nah, dog, I'm off to the races. Yeah. I'm a bit slower than Anita, but you also sibling, right? Yeah. Which that's what I attribute to, at least, you know. Yep. Possibly. I don't, I don't know. People just have interesting habits that develop usually from their families of origin. Mm. I could go into a diatribe about all that stuff and how much of our, our behavior is learned. A lot of things, you know, we attribute to nature and certainly things can be attributable to genetics and natural instinct and things like that. But by and large, so many of those habits we pick up are learned from our family of origin. And like for me, like I grew up in a uh, uh, a rough household, let's say. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like if anyone listening to this as franking content in the future wants to know more, like I'm okay to talk about it. Like it doesn't bother me to talk about it, but I don't want to go on for 10 minutes about all of, you know, my childhood. Just, you know, kind of randomly here. But, you know, it was like, all right, get your food and get out so that you didn't have to deal with anything that was going on. So I think that's always why I've eaten so fast. Mm -hmm. Not quite major pain fast, but man, I've tried a couple of times. (laughs) Like, especially when I was younger, before I realized it's like, oh, they just sped up the footage. Like as a kid, I'm like, no, I can eat that fast. I can do it. But I've talked to you. That's a movie I haven't seen in ages. Yeah, I know. It does not hold up very well. Um, Very problematic. (laughs) It's a very problematic movie. It it does not hold up well. I mean, there's there are still parts of it that are very funny and also very cool. Um, I, I love the scene where he goes and he shoots the closet. Yeah. As like, you know, this is how I'm going to help you with your uh, nightmares and your anxiety. I'm going to shoot the boogeyman in the closet. <laughs> like, that's a great scene. But 
Yeah. And when you're going to use it a few years, right? Yeah. I actually tried that once. Um, my kid got scared about, so I didn't actually shoot anything, but my kid got scared and he kept like saying like he was scared of something. Uh, it was the big bad wolf. He got really scared of the big bad wolf. And I was like, okay, buddy, like, you know, you remember in the story like this, that our house is made out of bricks. So he can't blow our house down. He's like, well, but what if he does? Like, what if he somehow blows our house down? And I was like, daddy has a gun. I'll just shoot him. He's like, yeah, you'll shoot him. And then in true kid fashion, he goes around being like telling people like, yeah, my daddy's going to shoot someone who, who comes into our house. It's like, no, oh. no, that's the wrong lesson to take from this situation, <laughs> kid. So uh, uh, one last little bit of uh, freaking content uh, uh, for you. Sure. Uh, the Mass Effect Legendary Edition trailer just dropped. Oh, uh, I have a comparison one. Do you want to watch it together? Yeah, we there's some great video content for uh, an audio podcast, right? Absolutely. We can watch it together. Uh, okay, if you I'll get link it to you. I just sent it to you on Discord because I've shut down everything else. And I'm sitting at zero, zero, and zero. I also and I, am sitting at zero, zero, zero. And, I, and also, I just saw Death of a Game uh, Guns of Victorious online, and that makes me sad. Oh, uh, yeah. I watched that earlier today. Uh, I haven't watched it yet, obviously. Yeah. Did watch some uh, Formula E. Just for the uh, hell of it, yeah, uh, it's interesting. Especially, uh, a, a, I a like Formula E. Yeah, I, I've never really watched it until today. Mm-hmm. But anyway, uh, Mass Effect. Yep. In three, two, one, go! Legendary Edition. All right. Yep. I don't know. Is it just me or do I? I, I kind of prefer a lot of the look of the old game. <laughs> Very more. It, Busy. The old game has got a better color palette. Yeah, I mean, the, it looks like they uh, uh, turned up the uh, brightness of everything and then just added tons of particle effects. Like, we just had a shot of the Mako uh, uh, on an ice planet. Yeah. And and, it, and you can fucking see what the hell was going on. I It feels like they have desaturated the colors. Like, in whatever that's they've what, done... That's what, that's what I was looking is for. ...is desaturating the colors. Yeah. And I prefer the richer colors. Now, some of it, you know, uh, like, Tally right there looks a lot better to me. But, it's just, but right? Yeah. So does Garrus. Uh-huh. Uh, the more but, details. But, but, yeah, especially in the damage to his armor and his face. Okay, now, in this one, there's more saturation in the... Yeah, new version with Liara there. Mm-hmm. Although those are from definitely from different games. Like I've played Mass Effect enough to recognize most of those scenes, like which games that they're from. Yeah, the original Mass Effect, all the footage they've shown from the original seems to have the most desaturation. Whatever yeah, like, it was, so they like, did. Like here, like here it's uh, the opposite, where they turned up the saturation in the Legendary Edition. Yeah. Oh God, I don't like ambient occlusion. Right. And um, what's the one that makes everything bluer? Uh, uh, Bluiting. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I mean, I, I, the only thing, like, I, I have, let's see, when was the last time I played the Mass Effect trilogy? Three or four years ago? Um, I, see, I have the whole thing for Xbox, uh, or for, for Xbox. And the only problem I have with the, the series is that, this, is that the frame rate sucks. I would be okay if they kept the visuals the same and it's just like, okay, we'll get, you know, now that you can run it on modern hardware, it'll, all of those frame rate issues will be fixed. Cause I've played it on PC and on Xbox. 
I've still got it for Xbox. I don't have it for PC anymore. I have like an old actual like DVD, you know, box copy. But even on PC, the original Mass Effect had some serious frame rate issues. Well, that in uh, masking loading screens with uh, uh, the uh, the the elevator. elevator And then on PC, yeah, they're still artificially lengthened because, right? Yeah, I'm okay with that for for the dialogue that they have. Yeah, um, but the dialogue theater, makes that okay. Skip option, yeah, yeah. Or like sometimes there was no dialogue, so if there's mm-hmm. not going to be dialogue that plays between your characters, just skip past that. But yeah, see, I never played Mass Effect three. I played the first two, and then I heard you know the kerfuffle about Mass Effect three, and just never bothered. Mass Effect three is interesting in the way that it ends. Like I. <sighs> I totally understand like having expectations that weren't, I think that's where it came from. Like people were really disappointed. And it's like, how do you pay off? Like, realistically speaking, this is how I always approached it. Like, how do you pay off with a final few cutscenes? you know, years and years and years worth of, of, of play and how the people, how that people were so, um, you know, you were, you could migrate save files between games and, have lots of very small decisions pay off and even things from the first game, like tiny things that paid off in the third game. Like to me, that was where all the satisfaction was The the colors thing, like on the one hand, like, yeah, that's kind of bad, but also I don't know how they could have ended it in a way that was satisfying for people. I, I think that was a losing play. Like there was no way they were going to come out of that. Well, unscathed. Well I, the, well, I think the ending was going to be weak, no matter what, based on some of the scuttlebutt we've heard about it, where, Basically, one of the writers just you know, locked himself in, and uh, uh, well, oh shoot, who, damn it! Now I'm blanking on who the hell it was, or the game director or someone basically wrote the ending without yeah. the well, well, the original author of the first game, the writer for it, wasn't on board for the third one and uh, was pushed to the side during the second one. Yeah. So right. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's the thing when it comes to games with so much choice. Like, eventually, you have to come down to an ending. There has to be an ending. And that ending is only actually going to be reflective of a very small percentage of people. So you're you're inherently going to be disappointing, I'm going to say, 70 to 80% of your audience, maybe more. Mm-hmm. You know, I just don't think there's a way to win that. And I'm not, like, trying to, you know let them like i think that they they could have done a better job than they did like they could have tried a little harder but also i don't think you could win in that situation so i don't hold that too much over them mass effect for me is has always been about the journey not the Mm -hmm. destination in that way well even if they could uh condensed it down to you know a primarily paragon a primarily renegade one uh instead of having it where uh, don't doesn't the ending choice come down to pretty much right there at the end? What you know, flavor you get, lime, uh, strawberry, or uh, uh, lemon? So you have four choices uh, at the end uh, of the uh, game. Oh, so, uh, sorry, and walk away. So, yeah. So, there, I mean, there's four major choices at the end of the mm-hmm. game, but they each have different outcomes, different layered outcomes. The thing that everyone always focuses on is, like, this, you know, the color that shoots through and, like, the final ending. But, like, if you do a bad job, like the destruction ending where it's like, no, screw you reapers. I'm going to kill you all. If you did a bad job preparing everything up to that point, 
um, then like, yeah, you kill the Reapers, but essentially everyone else dies too. Yeah. And then the better you do essentially in, in the following cutscenes and, you know, postscript things get better and better to the eventually, like if you did, you know, essentially a near perfect run, Shepard actually lives in, in that ending. Otherwise, like mm-hmm. Shepard dies in that ending. And the same for the uh, join ending, which is the, you know, the blue color where Shepard like turns over his consciousness to become like the Reaper that's in charge. If you did badly, then Shepard basically continues the cycle. And if you do well, then Shepard does Shepard. You know, this the symbolism there, the the very on the nose symbolism. Mm-hmm. You know, Shepard shepherds the the galaxy towards a brighter future. Um, you can only actually access the green ending, which is the one where that biology merges with technology, if you did specific things throughout the other three games to make that a possibility. And then you can always reject by you shoot the the little hologrammy guy, and that's the walk away option. And the Reapers mm-hmm. win. But like in the end, like everything that you did was able to be preserved for the next cycle. And like the next cycle beats the Reapers is, is how that one ends. But I mean, there's there are varying degrees of things for pretty much all of them, except for the walk away ending, because that one just gives mm-hmm. you a generic like, yes, they preserved their knowledge so that we could defeat the Reapers in our cycle. Yeah, I think it's just oh, I think the main reason why I always I. Uh, set wrong with me, mind you, as an outside observer, not playing through Mass Effect 3, is that it felt very you know, hand-wavy, just that... Oh, trying to think of a good way to put it. Well, the you know, well, like you said, you know, walking away, it's just somehow the knowledge was preserved and whatever, right? Yeah. Uh, but, Damon, I can't think of a good way to really put it. It's, Unsatisfactory. It doesn't really kind of hit it either, and that's that. That's the annoying thing was whatever you can't quite articulate it. Yeah. Uh, I, I get. I mean, it, it, you're saying it's like unfulfilling or empty too, or too, uh, too condensed, where yeah. everything's in one these three essentially palette swapped with different voiceovers. Yeah when everything else was about the little details and all the, you know, callbacks and uh, references. And then it suddenly in this very last, it feels like it almost tripped and uh, phoned it in for the very last cutscene. you know? Yeah. That was supposed to be the, you know, the, you know, that the final, you know, love letter to uh, the fan saying, okay, uh, uh, this is what happened because of your choices. Yeah, I think it, I think that they should have done a Sopranos ending where it just fades to black. Mm-hmm. Like you get to some some point. I have no idea what that point would be, but you get to a point, and it's like but before they introduce the fucking child. <laughs> yeah, but you get to a point, and it's like then then it just like cuts to black or fades to black. Mm-hmm. It's like you know, and you have to decide how how you feel like it ended, like. I'm not sure if that would really work in a game because that feels almost more like a sequel hook at that point and not just, you know, a definite ending. Just uh, probably just because of the nature of the medium where, you know, at least in Western games, there's some sort of closure. uh, And whenever there's that, you know, uh, essentially cliffhanger, that would be, you know, 
you know, make up your own ending at this point, or you know, what do you think happened? Well, yeah. just through the conditioning of you know the last few decades, whenever something like that happens, it feels more like a sequel hook than you know a Sopranos ending. Yeah, I think there's a moment in Mass Effect, and you haven't played it, so there's you know I guess massive spoilers for literally the ending of Mass mm-hmm. Effect. But there's a moment where you're charging at this uh, like teleporter thing that's going to take you into the device that can be shut down or that can can be used to shut down the Reapers, and you're you're fighting up to it, and like there's a moment where you reach it and the screen there's like an explosion and then the screen cuts to black, and then when you wake up like you're or when the screen comes back you're inside the thing. Um, I forget what it's called, uh, conduit or something like that that they create. But anyways, the thing with Bob, yeah the the widget the the Deus Ex Machina. You're inside that thing, and I think that they should have just cut to like whenever there's the explosion as you reach the the teleporter. That's I think where it should have cut to black, like that, and that would be the ending. Like you get there, and I think people like you would then get that argument of like, oh, did he die? Did he make it? Like. If he made it, the implication is that he succeeded. But if he died, you know, the implication is he failed. And, like, I think that would be a better place to have ended it. Because it's, like, before that, like, there's a really long scene before that moment where you get a chance to talk to all of your crew members. You get a chance to have, you know, final interactions with them and things like that. I mean, if you really go through and talk to everybody, it, it takes you a good, I would say, hour to get through all of that. And then right after that, you storm the thing, which honestly is more of a cutscene than an active fight. Like, I mean, it's not really a QTE, and I guess you can die if you stand still. But I mean, you just, you know, sort of march forward and, and get to the teleporter. And then the sort of the final few scenes play out. Like, there's a couple of other things that happen before you get to that final choice. But I, I think that's the point where that the game should have, like, cut to black. And then, yeah, there's gonna, there still would be people who are unsatisfied. But to me, that feels like the best way to do it justice. Like, we can't tell you what the ending to this thing is. Only you can decide. But, you know, I'm kind of... I, I, I really dig stuff like that. It's probably mm-hmm. a terrible business decision. Oh, but, def- but definitely. From, like a, from it, preserving, like, the integrity of the art, that feels like the way that it should have ended. Yeah, but this is a AAA game, and te- keeping the integrity of the art—that's that's not in the business plan. I know, man. This is kind of making me want to talk about Dragon Age Inquisition. I'm not going to. <laughs> I'm going to wait until I beat it because I have many thoughts about that game. Uh, but I'm gonna I'm gonna wait. So, yeah, that was uh, a nice little nice little bit of Franken content. Hell, that's enough for almost an entire Franken episode on its own. Yeah, and usually we just talk about bullshit, but hey, I guess you know you guys are getting some actual in-depth conversations about stuff about a bullshit. Yeah, and yeah, I would say go check out that uh, Mass Effect Legendary trailer because maybe we're just old curmudgeons, right? Yeah, I mean, certainly from a uh, I don't know polygonal standpoint or graphical, I, I don't know uh, polygamy. Well, yeah, poly- okay, polygamy. Mormon. But I mean, it's there's certainly a lot more detail in all of the graphics. But at least from Mass Effect One, the washed out color palette makes it look worse, in my opinion. Yeah, I think they. It may just be you know they pick some bad parts to show at times because there's sometimes that it looks 
almost whitewashed, you know? Yeah. Where it got so you know, blown out on the color. It just, and from an objective standpoint, uh, I mean, it is more impressive just from the sheer fact of more particle effects, more things going on on screen. But, you know, artistically, it doesn't necessarily make it better, you know? Yeah. And this also does make me concerned that there were some, there was some talks about them ta- uh, tweaking some of the gameplay of Mass Effect 1 uh, to make the combat more streamlined. And, uh, don't yeah. like that. Don't like those words. <laughs> nope, 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 nope. Um, I'm a big fan of the original Mass Effect combat system, actually. It's it's certainly awkward at times, like I won't deny that, but I like that there's more depth and complexity to it, and it gets mm-hmm. watered down the farther the series goes. Mass Effect Andromeda actually brought some of that complexity back um, with the changes that they made to the system over Mass Effect 3, but I mean, it's still not as in-depth as the first Mass Effect. But I like the idea of a Mass Effect or of Mass Effect as an RPG as opposed to a uh, action shooter. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'm old, <laughs> well, but I like your, my maybe RPGs. I'm maybe there's your uh, uh, maybe I'm old award for the year. Yeah, Mass Effect. All right, uh, I got the topics list pulled up. I got Audacity pulled up. Do you have Audacity pulled up? Uh, well, it's in the background, but hang on. Okay. Yeah, I just was waiting. You, and you st- you started, and I was like, is he going to fuck with me? I bet he's going to. And then he did. <laughs> and you kept going and going. It's like, okay. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> I've earned hey, this. Hey, less uh, room for you to flub, right? Yeah. You like it when I flub, though. You think it's funny. Oh, it's hilarious. Uh, unlike Texas. What else is Texas doing now? Or are you just talking about their... Uh, trying to legislate trans people out of existence. Uh, that one. Okay. Uh, saying that it's uh, child abuse. Oh, yeah. Fuck them. Not the children, but Texas, the state. And they're yeah, like, yeah, yeah, you're not uh, Gates. <laughs> no, no, I'm not. <laughs> oh, things are just. Is it just me or just things seem to be getting worse? Things seem to be getting worse. I guess I should say more crazy, right? Yeah. Hmm. Well, that got depressing. Indeed. <laughs> I'm sleepy. My throat is sore and my back hurts. Basically, just shoot me. You're not worth the bullet. Yeah. <laughs> because there's an ammunition shortage, right? Yeah. Your kidneys aren't worth that much. My kidneys aren't worth that much, yeah. And I'm hungry. So I'm going to eat a snack, do some drugs, heat my back. Well, I'll probably finish off uh, some ice cream and probably bake more tomorrow. Sounds delicious. I'm not going to have any ice cream. I'll probably eat... uh... Well, I typically have at least a little bit, so my throat doesn't hate me in the morning. Yeah. Because... Used to be when I was recording, uh, you know, pretty much full time, I was able to do a podcast and not, you know, have my throat feel like I got, got throat fucked by a pickle with uh, covered in sandpaper. But these days, right? Mm. I know it. I, I yes, but now you said pickle, and I got I got pickles. I think I'll eat, eat a pickle. <laughs> it's a good late night snack. 
low calorie, low carb, a little bit of sodium, but I, you know, that's fine. Also going to do my, do some stretches, heat and stretches. Yeah. So which one of us was the cripple again? Uh, yes. (laughs) Yeah. I'm just flipping through steam right now. Oh, that actually released. What released? Hobo Tough Life. Hobo. I remember seeing something about this ages ago. I can't remember if it was on a discovery queue, if it was, uh, uh, if it was just, uh, yeah, I saw something about it uh, on the gaming news, or if I saw some sort of demo. I remember something about this. This feels familiar. Essentially, it's urban survival, but you're homeless. I'm. I might have seen that or something it, like it. It looks very familiar. An urban survival role-playing game where you play as a homeless person, play alone, or team up with an online co-op. Explore the streets of Preslov, scavenge for food and supplies, beg, steal, do whatever it takes to survive for the forecoming winter. Boy, that could get dystopian real fast, huh? Yeah. Claim the throne. For over a decade, no one has been able to bring the many factions of the homeless together. The throne of the homeless king has been sitting empty for too long. Who will earn enough respect and bring themselves worthy of uniting the homeless? Will you rise to the occasion? I mean, this could be really interesting or really bad, right? It could also be interestingly bad. Mm-hmm. I mean, we talked several times about how a game doesn't have to have pretty graphics, and this has very old-looking graphics, doesn't it? Yeah. Feels like uh, mid to late 2000s. Mm-hmm. Which is ballpark where I think I saw something about this. What else? Have, oh, somebody's gone through and made a wiki at least. Well, that's nice of them. I'm sorry. I just saw this. Uh, it was tr- on the new and trending and seeing hobo, right? Yeah. What happens if I just search hobo on steam? Just, just hobo. See, we get garbage hobo prophecy. What is this? Experience the trouble which a homeless man goes through in a humorous manner. Primitive elements of contemporary life that we take for granted, such as staying warm, well-nourished, and hygienic, will become an issue. So it's like a hobo turn-based strategy game? Question mark? Simulation strategy auto-battler base building. Okay. When did this come out? Oh, it's free. Oh, my God. Am Uh-oh. I going to play a hobo game? Uh, you, you ask like you have a choice at this point. Oh my god, it's five and a half gigabytes. Yeah, right, fine. Alright, back to the search. Got Bum Simulator. Plan release quarter two of 2021. Hobo Cat Adventures. Uh, a hobo and a cat? Or, a, ho- or a cat that is a hobo? Jo- join a homeless cat in this 3D platformer with Souls-like combat and dark humor. Oh no. What? You can get the demo for it. Download Hobo Cat Adventures demo. I'm not downloading that. Well, now you have to. Nope. Souls Light. I'm out. This game is just called Garbage. Oh, wait. It's oh, the same. How about that? Truth the advertising. It's the same as that free to play game I just downloaded Garbage Hobo Prophecy. Oh, I see. Garbage Hobo Prophecy. Garbage colon Hobo Prophecy. And this, went, this just says Garbage. Okay. Relatively top, to the cl- top of the list. An expansion for Train Simulator. I mean, that, that tracks with hobos. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's, that's about it for hobos. At least it showed up from the search. But uh, yeah, 
Yeah, let's yeah, let's just put it this way. Uh, th- there is some sort of uh, there are some let's plays of it of uh, hobo uh, uh, tough life. I mean, of course, there's let's plays of everything. Very, uh, yes. Uh, either this game is very unoptimized, or this person runs this game on a toaster. And I'm not sure which, because the frame rate just looks very shit. I mean, it looks interesting. I'll give them th- this. It's not you know the same ten uh, kilometers of uh, you know medieval England with elves for RPG, right? Yeah, good for them for doing something different, I guess. Yeah. All right. Uh, have you stopped recording? Should I say bye bye? Bye bye, and then I'll stop recording. Craig, you did it. You made it the whole time. I didn't get any messages that said that you broke down. Um, so if you did break Cry- down, I don't know anything about it. Yeah, crying in the walk-in freezer. Yeah, it's okay, Craig. No, it isn't. It, it'll be all right. You'll be all right. All right, got all that stuff done, saved, closing my things. Oh, all right. I'm going to put you to bed, Craig.